As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea. Bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast devoted to a discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by Chris Breffitt. How are you doing this week, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing pretty okay, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty okay as well. It's, it's an exciting time to be a Marvel Crisis Protocol fan. And I know we say that almost every week, but we really do mean it. Because these releases don't slow down. You just nailed it. You took the words out of my mouth. Daredevil and Bullseye, Kingpin, Taskmaster, Punisher, and the New York construction set are all out now. Not necessarily everyone has them in their hands, but you know they have shipped. Stores are getting them. And it's just crazy. It just blew the game wide open again, Chris. We got the defenders more filled out. We got this new criminal syndicate organization. We got new tactics cards. We got new objectives. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's like Christmas. It's Christmas before next month's Christmas, which of course is the X-Men. And you know, it's no joke. Chris Schick said he wanted the one year anniversary of Marvel Christ protocol to be memorable and exciting. And they've nailed this because, I mean, they're dropping eight X-Men in the month of November. Well, it's what everybody wanted. It made complete and utter too much sense, man. Perfect anniversary. So wonderful. We all saw it coming a mile away. The fact that we're almost there is just so, so, so exciting. Yeah, and also another exciting thing, which I totally forgot to mention during our Black Order episode, which was the actual dates, but you and I have reached our one-year anniversary since the inception of the show, before we recorded the first time, all the way to the posting the first episode. We're at that one-year mark, which is pretty amazing, so this is a celebration of sorts for us and you listeners that have followed us on this journey. Some of you have been with us since the beginning, and we can't thank you enough. It's uh, amazing that we've done this for a year now. It feels like we're just getting warmed up, too. That's exciting. So I really, really do, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. It, it means a lot. I could not imagine not doing this, Chris, and having a blast doing it, doing, of course, these characters, but also these weekly hangouts with you and me and discussing. And then, of course, this relationship with the listeners, getting to put this content out there at the highest level that we can do and just hopefully people enjoy it and also most importantly people share this with new players to the game builds the game up even more builds the community mcp continues to grow so it's a wonderful time indeed with all these releases out chris of course there's gonna be a lot of hobbying going on and a lot of learning of new characters so it's gonna be a crazy next month we're not going to be on these characters just yet though getting close but we are going to be working on them on the hobby front and just learning them and i'm just going to be slamming daredevil games as much as possible i just can't wait i already uh, do not want to play you 
when you play <laughs> Daredevil. I'm, I'm already mad about it. The Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Oh, I know. You're going to control the battlefield with that guy, and it's just going to drive me nuts. But hey, Punisher, he's going to be fun. He should be fun. I mean, it's no secret that Taskmaster is who I'm looking forward to the most. And I truly think he's a standout here, Chris. He is the rogue agent, so he's the guy that honestly might see the most play. You know, that'll kind of make me sad because I like off-meta stuff so much, but or read bad stuff so much. Special. Special. In quotes. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But Taskmaster, even if he is super popular, I still will not hesitate to play him. So excited about the sculpt and his kit. I'm going to build teams around him, I'm pretty sure. A glass half full perspective, Chris. If Taskmaster is really popular because he's a great three threat character, that's a rogue agent. That's pretty exciting from the design standpoint of Atomic Mass Games making this game because I don't think a lot of people knew Taskmaster potentially before they played MCP. And that's just more fans into what we love, which is the lore and the comics and the world building. That's great. It couldn't be better. As a matter of fact, the more this game grows, the more fun we all get to have, the more releases, the more support, the more, you know, what have you just makes sense. Absolutely. All the new releases being out is big news, but even bigger news, Chris, was the announcement from Atomic Mass Games of the banned and errated list for MCP, namely the tactics cards that were added to the banned and errated list. And I had the privilege and honor of having the two Wills on our show, that's Will Schick, head of studio of Atomic Mass Games, and Will Pagani, senior game developer of Atomic Mass Games, on the show to explain in a very concise and helpful manner why they chose these six cards and why these six cards needed to be on the list. And then, of course, we had this great blog from Atomic Mass that's also supplemental that talks about why these things need to happen for the community. And just in summation, if you haven't listened to that episode, give it a listen. I think my favorite part about this is I feel free with building my tactics cards. And I feel like the community has been completely freed from these chains of like, I have to take at least these three or four tactics cards out of my eight. And it's like, no, guess what? You don't. And secondly, you can only take two now. I think this is going to be good for potential new fun combos that maybe you haven't got to see before. Oh, yeah. So with drop-off not being a staple anymore. Finally. Yeah. I mean, really, when you're making sure that you have a flying character just so you can use a card in your list, maybe too much. You know, and only being able to take two of these healing cards, you're going to be open to a new world of tactics cards possibilities. New combos you haven't thought of. Maybe some of these that have been deemed a little too hard to pull off. Maybe right. a little too high-risk, uh, high high-reward. Maybe you kind of have to start using these and you set up some incredible plays. It's likely you'll get your heart broken from it, too. <laughs> That's the fun of these games, right? It's it's the the big highs, the low lows, and riding that roller coaster of competitive play. Oh, yeah. Tony Stark's stock went way up. Ricochet Blast can be taken now and should be taken. I think it'd be a blast. You know, just Ricochet off Cap's shield. And what a fun thematic moment, right? Oh, absolutely. Chris, I also thought it was funny in that episode because you and I recorded Thanos before I did the interview with the Wills. What would you think about that? Part of the reason why Dropoff was banned was Pagani and Schick mentioned that dropping off Cable broke the game. And they also said, oh, yeah, Cable, he's coming to the game. Nice little spoiler. Pretty cool little spoiler there. This happened after we recorded last week. I swear, I went on my little <laughs> I now love Cable thing, having no idea that this was about to happen. I had a great discussion with these guys, and they mentioned Cable, and I'm like, what are the odds? 
of this. So, you know, I got a leg up on my lore section for Cable already. I just read a ton of Cable. And we're just going to add more. So I'm very excited about, you know, Cable coming to the game and just, of course, he's coming to the game. He's a perfect fit for this game. And I cannot wait to see how strong he is without drop off. Well, you have to think however strong he is, Strife is only going to be stronger, right? You never know, Chris. You never know. Just a thought. X-Men lore abound. We had that very exciting talk with the Wills, but also... We recently finished a new series, which was The Black Order. We hope you guys enjoyed that two-part series, the first on the Children of Thanos and the second on Thanos and the Infinity Gems. Seems like you guys really enjoyed it. Once again, we have the Black Order logo on our Public page now, which is amazing. So definitely pick that up if you're interested in supporting the show, but also, more importantly, representing the Black Order. Yeah, because that was a fun series to do. I am excited to move on. Today's our first episode that has not been a group of characters in some time because we had all of the Guardians back to back and then we had all of the Black Order. Now today we're kind of branching out. And we're branching out to one of my favorite Avengers, mostly one of my favorite comic runs. I don't know if he's one of my favorite Avengers. I like him a lot when Matt Fraction writes him. But Hawkeye, it's going to be very interesting and very good. This guy's been around for a long, long time, so there's a lot of history. There certainly is, and we thought, what a better time to not only do Hawkeye, but... We're not going to do a second Black Widow episode because we already have a really robust Black Widow episode early on in the life of our show. So if you want to learn about her history, go check that out. But today, we're not only going to cover Hawkeye's lore and Hawkeye's strategy, but we're also going to cover Black Widow number two in the game. That's Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So kind of just be a bookend to our previous Black Widow episode because Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. did not exist in the game when we did our first Black Widow episode. So there you go. And what a pair these two are and what a combo of an episode for that. So, Chris, I think we just need to get right into it. Let's do it. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to www.discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. We thank all of our patrons for their support. And a huge thank you goes out this week to Al H. Al, this is our very special thank you to you. Thank you, Al. And of course, thank you to our Avenger producer, Matthew R. We really appreciate it. And once again, we thank you guys every week and we can't thank you enough. You guys keep the show going and keep the lights on. But most importantly, if you think this show brings value to your life in any way and you can support us a little bit and join our Discord community, we'd really appreciate it. We got a lot of things planned for the next year of our show as we've reached our one year anniversary and the patrons are going to help us do it. And we cannot thank you enough. Thanks, guys. Let's get over to lore. Well, Jesse, as we said, today is the day for Hawkeye, also known as Hawk Guy. <laughs> so the first thing we always do, we're going to start off. Who is Hawkeye? Clint Barton is a, he's a performer. He's the world's greatest archer. He's deeply insecure. He's just an interesting guy. Well, he's surrounded by true demigods and semi-indestructible superheroes and people with superpowers beyond his abilities. But the cool part about Hawkeye, Chris, is that he has these incredible abilities and skills he's helmed over the years, and he can keep up with these groups. Well, he's got the intangibles. He's got the the grit, the willpower. You know, he's found himself leading these superhero teams as an unpowered individual. Really interesting. He's a very cool character. Hawkeye was created by writer Stan Lee and artist Don Heck. 
Hawkeye first appeared as a villain in Tales of Suspense number 57. Love it. Dated September 1964, and later joined the Avengers in the Avengers number 16 in May of 1965. Clint was born in Waverly, Iowa, where he lost both of his parents in a car accident. After six years in an orphanage, Clint and his brother Barney ran away to join the Carson Carnival of Traveling Wonders. Clint soon caught the eye of the swordsman, who took the young boy on as his assistant. Along with the help of Trickshot, the swordsman trained Clint to be a master archer. Clint later found the swordsman embezzling money from the carnival, but before he could turn his mentor over to the authorities, Clint was beaten and left for dead, allowing the swordsman to escape town. Clint's relationship with his brother Barney and Trickshot soon deteriorated as well. Clint adapted his archery skills to become a star carnival attraction, a master archer called Hawkeye, otherwise known as the world's greatest marksman. He later witnessed Iron Man in action and was inspired to become a costumed hero. However, after a misunderstanding on his first outing, Hawkeye was accused of theft and believed to be a criminal. On the run, the naive Hawkeye met Black Widow, a spy for the Soviet Union with whom he fell in love. Mindlessly following Black Widow, Hawkeye aided her attempts to steal technology developed by Tony Stark. In one of their battles with Iron Man, Black Widow was seriously injured. Hawkeye rescued her and fled the battle to save her life. But before Hawkeye could take her to the hospital, Black Widow disappeared. Hawkeye then decided to become a straight shooter. <laughs> Hawkeye later rescues Edwin Jarvis and his mother from a mugger. In gratitude, Jarvis invites Hawkeye to Avengers Mansion and stages a confrontation to allow the archer to clear his name and gain the trust of the Avengers. Hawkeye is then sponsored by his former enemy, Iron Man, who sees that he is serious about becoming a hero. Hawkeye joins the team along with Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch to form the second incarnation of the Avengers. Almost straight away, Hawkeye clashes with his fellow Avengers. His romantic intentions toward the Scarlet Witch are met with hostility from her brother, Quicksilver. Hawkeye rebels against Captain America's leadership due to his past problems with authority figures, but over time comes to respect him as a mentor and friend. Hawkeye enjoys many adventures with the Avengers and proves himself a hero on numerous occasions. However, when his bow breaks during a crucial moment in battle, Clint decides to adopt the Goliath costume and identity, succeeding Hank Pym. Barton, as Goliath, was later approached by his brother Barney Barton, who is now a big-time racketeer. Barton had learned of Egghead's plans to construct an orbiting laser death ray to extort money from the United States and came to the Avengers' help. The Avengers confronted Egghead's allies, the Mad Thinker, and the Puppet Master. Tragically, Barney died in the ensuing battle. It was later revealed that Barney Barton was actually an undercover FBI agent. Soon after this encounter, Egghead hires a swordsman to capture Goliath, thinking him to be Pym instead of Clint, and Clint defeats and captures both criminals, finding justice for his brother at last. At the conclusion of the Kree-Skrull War, Clint resumes the identity of Hawkeye with a new costume. After several adventures, Hawkeye quits the Avengers after a bitter rift with the vision over the affections of the Scarlet Witch. Barton returns to his original Hawkeye costume and strikes out on his own. For a time, Hawkeye drifts from one adventure to the next. He attempts to return to the Black Widow and briefly battles her current love, Daredevil. Hawkeye later assists the Hulk against the monster Zax. He then follows the Hulk back to the mansion of Doctor Strange. 
where after a skirmish, Hawkeye joins the Defenders for a short period. He returns briefly to the Avengers to attend the wedding of Vision and Scarlet Witch. Hawkeye again returns to the Avengers when the current members of the team begin to mysteriously disappear. The remaining Avengers discover it to be the work of the Collector of the Elders of the Universe. After his teammates were all defeated, Hawkeye single-handedly defeats the Collector and joins the team for a final battle against Korvok. Afterwards, Hawkeye's victory is dashed when the Avengers' new government liaison, Henry Peter Gyrich, limits the roster and replaces him with the Falcon, an attempt to make the team more politically acceptable. Hawkeye gains employment from Cross Technological Enterprises as the head of security. He defends the company against the Shi'ar villain Deathbird, the villain Mr. Fear, and sabotages a plot by CTE employee Ambrose Connors. Hawkeye then returns to the Avengers Mansion several months later for a brief visit induced by the heroine Moondragon, before rejoining for a sustained period. Hawkeye returns to Carson Carnival of Traveling Wonders to aid Marcella Carson, the owner's daughter, against the Taskmaster. He defeats the villain with the help of Ant-Man. Later, Hawkeye inadvertently avenges the death of his brother. The villain Egghead, having been exposed for framing Henry Pym, attempts to shoot Pym, but Hawkeye jams the barrel of the weapon with an arrow. The weapon is an energy pistol and explodes, killing Egghead instantly. Returning to work for Cross Technical Enterprises as head of security, Hawkeye meets the former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Barbara Bobby Morse, also known as the hero Mockingbird. Together, they discover that Crossfire, cousin of the company's original owner, was hatching a plot to destroy the superhero community via an aggression-inducing sonic weapon. Hawkeye and Mockingbird manage to defeat him, although Hawkeye is rendered 80% deaf when he uses a sonic arrow to counter Crossfire's weapon, and the two heroes get married shortly afterwards. At the direction of the then-Avengers chair, Vision, Hawkeye, now using a hearing aid, and Mockingbird travel to Los Angeles to establish a West Coast branch of the Avengers, known as the West Coast Avengers. While searching for a base of operations, Hawkeye and Mockingbird battle a vengeful Crossfire, who had recently broken out of prison. They manage to defeat the supervillain, aided by former actress Mariah Brandon, who later allows her mansion to become the new Avengers compound. On one of the West Coast Avengers adventures, when the team was lost in time, Mockingbird was kidnapped by an old Western hero called Lincoln Slade, the Phantom Rider. The Phantom Rider drugs Mockingbird and convinces her that they are in love. Mockingbird soon regains her senses, and in the resulting battle between the two, Mockingbird allows the Phantom Rider to fall to his death. Afterwards, when Mockingbird confesses what she did, Hawkeye is stunned that his wife would allow a man to die instead of facing justice. Their relationship becomes frayed as Mockingbird leaves the West Coast Avengers and separates from Hawkeye. After being shot while confronting criminals, Hawkeye adopts an armored version of his costume to battle the gangs of Los Angeles. The West Coast Avengers are caught in the middle of a supernatural battle between Mephisto and Satanish. The team is able to defeat the two demons and force them back to their own realms. However, Mephisto retaliates by firing energy blasts at the escaping West Coast Avengers. Mockingbird sacrifices herself to save Hawkeye and dies in her husband's arms. Embittered by Mockingbird's death, Hawkeye leaves the team which is almost immediately disbanded. Hawkeye isolates himself in the Canadian Rockies to separate himself from the world. Hawkeye later returns to the Avengers just prior to the battle with the entity Onslaught, in which the Avengers, including Hawkeye, are apparently killed. 
Frankel and Richards, however, transported them to a pocket universe where the heroes led altered lives. The heroes eventually learn the truth and are returned to their own universe. Hawkeye's hearing is fully restored because when Franklin Richards recreates the heroes in the new universe, he bases them on how he remembered them. Hawkeye remains with the Avengers for numerous adventures. He aids Avenger trainees Justice and Firestar to defeat the Taskmaster and Albino. Hawkeye later resigns from the Avengers to assume leadership of the first generation of the Thunderbolts, who had broken away from the influence of Helmut Zemo. Hawkeye trains the team in the fashion of former teammate Captain America and shapes the team into a cohesive fighting unit. The Thunderbolts take on threats like the Masters of Evil, Graviton, and the Scourge of the Underworld. Hawkeye begins a romantic relationship with fellow Thunderbirds member Moonstone, who Hawkeye is proving to be a good influence on. Later, Hawkeye and the Thunderbolts travel to Hell to save the soul of Mockingbird. They defeat the demonic Mephisto, but Hawkeye is unable to find his wife. To ensure that his Thunderbolts are given full pardons for their former lives of crime, Hawkeye allows himself to be arrested in their place. The Thunderbolts' past crimes are erased on the condition that they retire from costume heroics. The team reluctantly agrees. Later, when Hawkeye had gotten out of prison, the team comes back together to defeat Graviton once again. Convinced that they are ready to be heroes in their own right, Hawkeye hands leadership of the Thunderbolts to Citizen V, whom you may remember from this podcast, whose mind was actually under the control of Baron Zemo, and he leaves the team. Hawkeye then joins the Avengers once more and begins a brief romantic relationship with team member Wasp. He also embarks on some solo adventures where he uncovers a plot to steal an ancient artifact in Laos, and investigates the murder of a former Soviet colonel. The Scarlet Witch, driven mad by her powers, causes a Kree warship to appear over the skies of New York. The Avengers, surprised by the appearance of the spacecraft, spring into action. During the battle, Hawkeye's quiver of arrows is set on fire. Knowing that the explosive arrows were going to blow up faster than he could remove them, Hawkeye flies into the engines of the Kree warship, destroying the spacecraft and sacrificing himself to save his teammates. A past version of Hawkeye is also plucked from time by the Time Variance Authority to serve as a juror in a case involving former Avengers teammate She-Hulk. She-Hulk tries unsuccessfully to warn Hawkeye of his future. When the Scarlet Wish inadvertently alters reality, Hawkeye is resurrected with no memory of previous events. When young mutant Lila Miller gives several heroes, including Hawkeye, the ability to remember He's horrified at the Scarlet Witch's actions. Hawkeye shoots Wanda in the back with an arrow. In retaliation, one of her recreated children wipes Hawkeye from existence, killing him once more. When the Scarlet Witch's reality is eventually undone, Hawkeye is still presumed dead. However, the recently formed New Avengers find his bow and arrows on the site of the old Avengers mansion, pinning up an article about his death. Unknown to the new Avengers, Hawkeye is resurrected once reality is restored. He seeks out Doctor Strange, who offers shelter while he comes to terms with his new life. Against the advice of Doctor Strange, Hawkeye eventually travels to Wondagore Mountain and finds the Scarlet Witch living a normal life, with no memory of her past and apparently without mutant abilities. The two become intimate, and Hawkeye then leaves Wanda to her normal life. Returning to the United States, Hawkeye learns about the assassination of Captain America. He confronts Tony Stark, who then offers Hawkeye the Captain America shield 
and costume to continue the legacy. Hawkeye is later inspired by the words of Kate Bishop, whom he met while hiding his identity, and rejects Stark's offer. As an aside, Kate Bishop rules. I hope she comes to MCP. Hawkeye returns to see Doctor Strange and meets the new Avengers. The team invites Hawkeye to join. Hawkeye accepts and accompanies the team on a mission to Japan to rescue Echo. However, leaving behind his Hawkeye identity, Quint Barton takes on the disguise of Ronin. Echo, the original Ronin, later gives Barton her blessing to adopt her old identity. Clint later meets Kate Bishop again, but this time reveals his true identity, much to Kate's surprise. Impressed by Kate's skill with the bow, and the fact that she reminds him of himself at her age, Clint blesses Kate to continue using the Hawkeye codename. Clint, as Ronan, was now part of the New Avengers team that went to the Savage Land as a tip from Spider-Woman that a scroll ship had crashed there. Emerging from the crashed ship was a selection of heroes claiming to have been abducted, one of which was Mockingbird. Clint believes that she is the real Mockingbird until Mr. Fantastic's invention proves that the heroes from the scroll ship are all imposters. Later, after the war for Earth was won, Clint is reunited with the real Mockingbird, who was revealed to have been captive by the scrolls for years. And this is going to take us up to the event Dark Reign, and that is where we're going to leave off for now. Man, Hawkeye has been a lot of places. He's been on a lot of teams, and he's been in a lot of relationships with a lot of these amazing women of Marvel. He's generally a kind of down-on-his-luck, you know, kind of scrappy fighter. He's he's an interesting character to read about. He, it is funny when, uh, in the Kree scroll War, he gets duped pretty good. They make him look like a fool. Man, poor Hawkeye. This leads us today, Chris, to a very exciting shift, which is Hawkeye in the MCU. Just like all things with the MCU... They trim the fat. They distill the character down into his main story arcs. Another thing they did was they took a lot of the Ultimate Universe's Hawkeye and used that in the MCU, the Secret Family, and that is straight from Ultimate Universe Hawkeye. Yeah, and that's really a Hawkeye I think I'm a little bit more interested in, being a family man myself, and it's pretty great that even the Avengers don't know about his family for quite some time. So let's just get into his appearances in the MCU. So, of course, his first appearance in the MCU is actually... Not the Avengers, but it's actually Thor. He has a cameo on the shield base when Thor is stealing the hammer back, and he's told to stand down, not take the shot with his bow on Thor. So, small part, small role, and at the time, you might just think, oh, that's a shield agent with a bow, but that's about it, you know? He's not wearing any sort of indicator that he's Hawkeye, and it is a cameo, and Thor 1 was so long ago. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, that's Hawkeye, but not realizing they were going to actually make him a big character you know i thought maybe that might be all you get you know it was so early in the mcu you really weren't sure how inclusive they were going to be with all these characters especially coming off all these fox productions that give that give more easter eggs than they give actual comic book material you know well what's interesting chris is the next film he was in was the avengers joss whedon's avengers and he plays a major role in this not only as one of the avengers but he actually guides act one of the movie because he has been mesmerized by loki and the tesseract and he's working for loki and he's fighting other agents they even say like barton's been compromised so there's this emphasis on he's someone notable and also when he's turned bad, he can do a lot of things. And one of the first things he asks when he comes to with Natasha is, 
how many agents did I kill? What have I done? And, and she's like, Clay, those are not questions you need to be asking. That wasn't you. That was Loki. But, you know, it's really interesting that he's kind of like one of the first antagonists and henchmen of the film. And he also helps Loki bring about his escape on the helicarrier and Loki's plan to release the Hulk on everyone on the helicarrier. But later on in the movie, we see Hawkeye play a major role in the formation of the Avengers. And of course, in the battle for New York City, he's up on the roofs. He's calling out targets. He's telling the rest of the Avengers where everyone is because he's got his sight up there. And he's also, you know, doing Hawkeye things, sniping bad guys from the roof, which is such a Hawkeye thing. We even see him use the hook arrow in this movie. The building he's on is collapsing. He jumps off the side of a building and uses his hook arrow to prevent himself from falling. So all the Hawkeye elements are there in this first movie. It's been so long since I've seen either Thor or the Avengers. I really need to go back and watch these movies. You really should. Maybe no rush to do it with Thor, but the Avengers is so good. I have to watch it. Maybe there will be some beers involved. Who knows? Yeah, that's still when they were making Chris Hemsworth dye his eyebrows blonde. Yikes. That was a huge mistake. They should have just kept his natural eyebrows the whole time and beard. I don't know why they felt so compelled early on to give him super blonde beard and uh, eyebrows. Just let him do the natural thing, you know? Yeah, I think The Avengers still is one of the best MCU movies, and that's saying quite a bit now that we're up in the 25 movie mark, and it holds up exceptional. I watched it recently, and Hawkeye is a standout, and really notable in this movie, Chris. Theme we're going to see through the rest of these Avengers movies, and especially anything involving Hawkeye, how close he is with Natasha. They go way back There's things that are insinuated but never fully told. There are things that are directly told about how they, you know, grew up training together and working missions together. Even things we talked about in our lore today, you feel like are hinted at in this MCU as well. Their history, their friendship goes way back. So you see that in this first movie right off the bat. And I think that's really interesting. Right after Avengers is another big Hawkeye movie is Avengers Age of Ultron. Hawkeye plays a major role in this as well. He's one of the only people not mind controlled by Scarlet Witch, which I think is great. He said, I've done the whole mind control thing. No, thank you. Referencing, of course, Avengers one being mind controlled by Loki, but also I think referencing a lot of his lore involving his encounters with Scarlet Witch, which is pretty interesting. Absolutely. And he's ready for her. He has the stun arrow ready to stun her. He uses his hand and stabs it, disables her while everyone else is currently under her mind control and her hallucinations. So he survives that. And of course, too, it's pretty cool in this movie. He plays a bigger role than you even remember if you watch it. But during the Sokovia stuff, when Ultron's trying to bring about Armageddon through lifting Sokovia into the air and then trying to kill all the civilians and then create a meteor-like extinction on the Earth, Hawkeye's saving all the civilians. He's saving kids. He's kind of mentoring Wanda and Quicksilver as they just joined the Avengers, basically, in this final battle of the movie. Kind of a cool shout out to that early, his first entrance into the Avengers, where it's, those are the three new people. Absolutely. And once again, they always pull the right ways in these movies, just give you enough nods. And it's no different in this. And of course, in things like Age of Ultron, we really see Hawkeye's not only prowess with a bow, but his versatility with his utilities of weapons and different arrowheads and things where he can, depending on the situation switch out his arrows to create, you know, grenades or, you know, shock enemies and stun them, the hook arrow, all the way just to regular arrows. The list goes on. But, you know, you need this when you're fighting Ultron's army. Absolutely. (laughs) The next movie on this list is Captain America Civil War. Hawkeye also plays a large part in this. So 
these are kind of his feature movies, Chris, these until we get into the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So yeah, Chris, of course, in Civil War, he's on Captain America's team. No surprise there. And, you know, he fights in the airport battle alongside the rest of Cap's team. Great Hawkeye moments. Of course, we also have great emotional beats because Hawkeye does not want to fight Black Widow. And that's kind of a really interesting part is splitting some of these characters up you know, that have either adversity with each other or they just don't want to be on opposite teams, you know, and that's great. Of course, in Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a drawing of Hawkeye, so more of a cameo, but most importantly, Avengers Infinity War, he's mentioned to have gone into hiding, basically, or he's just retired fully. And we know he's gone with his family because I didn't mention this a bit ago, Chris, but of course, Age of Ultron, his secret family is revealed to the Avengers. They're saying, oh, it's got to be some sort of safe house, you know, that Clint's taking us to. Exactly. You know, we actually see Laura and all of his kids and their minds are kind of blown that Hawkeye has had this, not only this farm and a wife, but he has several children. It just kind of shows how protective he is of his family. They can be this great shield agent, but also protect his family even from the Avengers, which is a big deal. Endgame, the first scene in Endgame, which breaks your heart every time the opening scene of the movie, because of course, infinity war ends with the snap and everyone, half of our superheroes disappearing. Avengers Endgame goes for the throat, Chris. It starts with a scene with Hawkeye teaching his kids how to shoot a bow and Hawkeye totally got the worst situation, shortest end of the stick period, because not only does his wife, but all of his kids are snapped And this is the first scene of this movie, just kind of set the tone, not only for Hawkeye for the rest of this movie, but for the audience. And it's just a crazy, crazy thing. It's brutal. It's a tough scene to get through. Oh, it's brutal. The second and third time you see it, because you actually see their ashes. The first time you don't Mm. notice, you don't notice it because some of the kids are playing in the distance. His daughter's shooting his bow with him up close. Her ashes are pretty apparent, but you can even see in the field in the distance where his his boys were playing. Oh, that's rough. It's bad. You know, this movie is a huge Hawkeye movie because not only does he become Ronan, the Ronan in this is ruthless. This is the Hawkeye that's hunted down all the Yakuza, killed all of them. He's basically vigilante hunting criminals all around the world because he has nothing left to live for except his skill set and killing bad guys. And he kind of becomes the Ronan Hawkeye new suit. He's going Sith Lord edgy Mohawk here. This is what the way he's chose to go in this movie. And you know, this movie is really interesting when they do convince him to come and join the Avengers again. It's actually Natasha who does it. And then of course, for the rest of the movie, him and Natasha have their mission together to go to this Voromir and gather the soul stone. And we have another crushing scene. Neither one of them will let the other one sacrifice themselves. They both love each other a lot, and that's all that matters for the Soul Stone. <laughs> it's one of the people you love most in your life. And, you know, eventually Natasha falls, and Hawkeye is dealing with that the rest of the movie as well. So it just gets more and more tough for him because, as we know, after seeing the movie and just the lore in this MCU, when someone loses their life to the Soul Stone, they don't come back. So Natasha can't come back. But there is a beautiful scene later in the movie where Hulk does the snap, brings everyone back. And you see Hawkeye's phone ringing and it's his wife, Laura. So the snap did work. But then, of course, Thanos fleet assaults the Avengers compound. And then we have the conclusion at the end of the movie. But even before that, you know, we have Hawkeye with the gauntlet trying to get it to the other heroes. He's playing a major role in all of this, Chris. So they made him a central role in these movies because even latest MCU movies, Spider-Man Far From Home, he's mentioned his picture once again. So he's not going anywhere. 
Hawkeye. And that's okay with me. I think we just need to move on to talking about Jeremy Renner. We talk about every week how the casting is so good in these films. And I think we're just going to do it again. It's funny. I didn't really like him as Hawkeye early on. Fair. But, you know, the role grew to him or he grew to the role. One of the two. Absolutely. They met in the middle. I don't know. You know, got worn in like a shoe. And now he's just absolutely fantastic. He's casual, kind of down on his luck, self-deprecating Clint Barton. Yeah. It's great. When he does his action scenes, Jeremy Renner was a great choice because he's a very physical actor as well. And it looks natural for him, which is important for Hawkeye, you know, to look natural doing these crazy marksman moves that seem pretty extreme. But once again, this is his superpower. He doesn't have a superpower. Superpower is these crazy extreme marksman moves. But I think Renner was a great choice. I think he grew with it over time. Chris, like you said, in case of point in that is watch Endgame again, watch him as Ronan, watch him as this man that's lost everything and kind of how he takes the role in a different direction. And then he loses Natasha on top of that. And just the deep, dark depths he goes and he pulls off. I think the other movies prepared him for this because he knew the character really well, like you mentioned, but this was quite a shift in his character. And this is part of the reason why I love Infinity War and Endgame so much, Chris, and especially, you know, them as one movie together, because we have new arcs for all of our heroes, what they did with Thor, what they did with Hawkeye, even what they did with Natasha and Cap and Tony, of course, and even a little bit of Hulk in there, though he got less to do. They all have new struggles. They all have new arcs and Hawkeye is absolutely no exception. He might actually have the hardest time <laughs> until things are set right again. And I think Jamie Renner does a great job. I agree. I really, <laughs> I just can't say it any better than you said it. Jeremy Renner does a great job. It's a very tough role to play. Yeah. You're kind of a background character that is in the foreground. Mm. So yeah, Way it's, to say it's it. tough. Well, and I also think what's tough too, Chris, is there's sort of a weirdly unfair stigma on Hawkeye. And I almost want to say it's like a Cyclops level stigma. And I know that's a funny comparison because you and I both favor Hawkeye over Cyclops, though oh, yeah. other people, I think it's switched and I'm giving credence to those people as well. But I think Hawkeye has always gotten a hard time for maybe no reason at all. But I think the baseline reason he's gotten a hard time is because he's surrounded by all these fantastical people, these people with these crazy power sets, even someone like Captain America, who's the most ordinary of the other people around him. Cap has still got super strength, super speed, super training. You know, for some reason, his shield just always returns all these things. And then Hawkeye, of course, just this expert marksman, what's also trained in a lot of these spy arts and stuff. And I just feel like he sometimes gets kind of made fun of for no reason. And I don't really know why. And I think it's just by comparison, possibly. Well, when you're talking about these comic books, you've got to write a new one and, and draw a new one every month. And you're always running up on the deadline. It's not always the easiest to come up with Clint Barton centric storylines he's a little tougher to write it takes it takes more effort more thought i think to write a character like clint in these team comic books because he doesn't have or any powers that's a great point chris and i would raise bets on people when they kind of bring these claims that hawkeye's lame or that he's kind of unexceptional and my response to that would be him and black widow are the only individuals without superpowers in the main pantheon of regular attendees of the Avengers that can keep up with these super powered 
superhero individuals. And I think that's worth a lot that Black Widow and Hawkeye both can keep up with the Hulk, can keep up with Thor, can keep up with Iron Man. I think that actually matters. And I think that's pretty cool. And it just kind of shows how skillful they are. Absolutely. So anytime somebody makes fun of Hawkeye and you and you actually like the guy, especially now that Jeremy Renner's brought a lot to it, I think that's your response. That's fair. It doesn't matter if he's the weakest person on the team. The fact that he can keep up with these other people and that he qualified for the team almost makes him more exceptional. And, you know, it's it's about the stories you can tell with that character and that character of Hawkeye, both in the MCU and in the, the 616 comic book world, is pretty wide open. He's been there for forever. He's been around. He's been involved with a lot of characters, but he doesn't have his own title very often. There's still a lot of wiggle room there very true. to tell Hawkeye stories, I believe. So let's wrap this up all up by talking about Clint Barton's lack of superpowers. While Clint Barton has no superhuman powers, with the exception of the time period when he was using Pym particles as Goliath, <laughs> he is at the very peak of human conditioning. He is an exceptional fencer, acrobat, and marksman, having been trained from childhood in the circus and by the criminals Trickshot and Swordsman. This includes considerable strength as an employee of the Cross Technical Enterprise found out when he tried to use the superhero's 250-pound force draw weight bow and found he could not draw the string back to launch an arrow. Hawkeye has also been thoroughly trained by Captain America in tactics, martial arts, and hand-to-hand combat. Hawkeye excels in the use of ranged weapons, especially the bow and arrow, and carries a quiver containing a number of customized trick arrows. As Ronin, he shows great proficiency with a katana and other melee weapons. He's gained a reputation for being able to turn any object into a weapon and has been seen using items such as tin plates, coins, sticks, and other debris to great effect against his enemies. Sticks. I love it. So Chris, closing out our lore section, I know you got a good comic book recommendation for us. This is one of my favorite Marvel stories of the recent past. It is Hawkeye by Matt Fraction. It ran from 2012 to 2015. It is the story of what Hawkeye does when he's not with the Avengers. It is fantastic. Be prepared for a completely different Clint Barton from the MCU. Clint Barton. It's a fantastic, fantastic comic. That's a great tease without giving anything away, Chris. All right, Chris, time to move on to strategy. Let's go. His name is Hawkeye. His alter ego is Clinton Barton. On his healthy side, he has four stamina, a medium move, a height of two, and a threat cost of three. His defenses are four physical, two energy, two mystic. And on his backside, his stamina goes up by one. His stamina goes up to five. So he has a total stamina of nine, Chris. Anything stand out about this character to you? One high defense and two low defenses. Pretty good. Not a bad trade-off for a three cost. No. Especially considering the high defenses and physical, which is by far most common attack. Yeah. Other than that, his health's a little low on the front, right? He has four, which is the lowest we've seen on a three cost on the front side. So that's worth mentioning, but I think everything else is going to make up for that. He's also a three threat cost. so keep that in mind. So let's get into his attacks. His first and only attack is a physical attack called arrow shot. It's range five, a strength of five and a zero power cost. After this attack is resolved, Hawkeye gains power equal to the damage dealt. 
So this is his strike. Before choosing a target, this character may choose whether this attack type is physical or energy. And then he has a wild trigger called Full Quiver. After this attack is resolved, the defending character gains one of the following special conditions. Bleed, Shock, Slow, or Poison. Dealer's Choice. Man, Chris, this strike is great. Very, very good. It's range five, which is exceptional. It's five dice, which is fine. It's not over the top. It's zero power cost, which is wonderful. And it, of course, gains some power equal to the damage dealt. As you just said, dealer's choice of this full quiver, you get to choose what you give them. Bleed, shock, slow, and poison are all very good. If you slow a long mover, you have essentially given them a stagger. If you poison a high threat target, you've essentially taken them out of the fight for some time. Their power generation has been decreased. And then, of course, we know Bleed and Shock are always great. Also, I think Shock is a great condition for also high threat value, high damage characters as well. But, you know, Bleed's always a great staple. You've got all the choices. Oh, I've had these just stacked on me from a Hawkeye that wouldn't quit rolling wilds. Right. Was running out of... (laughs) status conditions to give me you're right chris because it's range five so if he gets to attack twice if he gets to take his two actions and shoot an arrow both times and he gets a wild well that's two conditions potentially on one given hawkeye turn which is pretty wild and how do you think he could move and get two attacks off i'm (laughs) glad you asked his first superpower is an active superpower it is called hook arrow it costs two power Place this character within range three of its current position. This superpower can only be used once per turn. This is awesome. Yeah, to place yourself within range three for two power cost is not too bad at all. Also, while we're here, Chris, let's just mention it. Hook arrow costs one with Avengers, which is Hawkeye's affiliation. You took the thought right out of my head. It's extreme. It means he's doing hook arrow every single turn in Avengers. What else do you have to use that power for? You don't need it to save it for a an attack, so why not use it? Well, I'll tell you what else you can spend this power on, Chris, because Hawkeye has only two more superpowers. The first of which is an active superpower called Trick Shot. It costs one power. The next arrow shot attack this character makes ignores line of sight, and the defending character does not benefit from cover. So basically, if you can't see someone behind a building, but you can reach them with your range stick... Hawkeye can still see them if he pays one, which is great. Also, this is just a great way, Chris, to pay one to take away one defense dice in a way because you know someone has guaranteed cover. This is a great way just to say, I'm going to pay one, take away that cover, and now let's just see what the five dice do. Great thought. It works. It's thematic of the character too, right? His arrows always hit. He's very, very good. Let's talk about his last superpower. It is a reactive superpower. It is called Fast Draw. It costs two power. When this character is targeted by an attack, if the attacker is not within range three of this character, it may use this superpower. This character immediately makes an arrow shot attack targeting the attacking character. If the attacker is outside of range three, you get a counter attack. Yes. For two power, you're launching five dice with full quiver added, with the your choice of energy or physical. Yeah. This is pretty sweet, man. It is sweet. Notice it happens before they attack, because it says when they're targeted by an attack. So before they roll dice, Hawkeye rolls his dice, because he's so quick on the bow. 
if a player makes a misplay and a character of theirs is sitting on some low life and they decide to attack Hawkeye barely outside of range three, well, guess what? He gets to fast draw first and he might even kill them before they go, which would be insanely detrimental. That would be a very bad play for the attacker. Right. We got to mention why this is also good. Anytime you get attacks outside of your activation, it's huge in any manager's game. And this is no different with Hawkeye because he's going to do an arrow shot and then he's going to generate power outside of his activation and then potentially go and then double tap with an arrow shot and get more power. All good things. This is it for Hawkeye, Chris. His backside, nothing changes except that stamina going up one. So he does have nine total, like I mentioned earlier. That's it. He's a really simple character. He's currently one of my favorite three costs in the game. I run him in almost all my 10 character rosters because it's always good to have a sniper of some sorts in all these sorts of games. And I think the sniper aspect of a Hawkeye paired with his ability to move with the hook arrow is exceptional. A Hawkeye with this hook shot has absolutely driven me insane Yes, in the past. You pair this with a drop-off, for instance, and it can just be crazy. Right. Mind-numbing to play against at times, but that's because I get too too competitive. That you do sometimes. And uh, you know something great about Hawkeye, Chris, which also is very irritating for his enemies, and something we haven't mentioned yet, he very frequently, turn one, can move up to an objective, maybe if he's lucky, get a range shot, but you know, if it's turn one, he just sits there. Turn two, he can hook arrow up. So now he's taking zero actions, shoot someone as his first action, and then his second action, walk back to the objective. This is unbelievably (laughs) annoying because he's always scoring and he's always shooting at least once. And then when it gets kind of late game, he can hook arrow up and double tap and you can kind of forget about that objective if you want to. But, you know, worst case scenario, he's sitting on an objective, he's hook arrowing up. He's shooting once and he's walking back. That's his worst case scenario on the maps where you want to play him like gamma shelters, like some of these maps that are kind of more centrally located. But I think he's even great on some of these flanks. You know, he can kind of stand back, hold an objective and keep people at range five all game because something I think even I've done, Chris, in our games, when we played, you start approaching Hawkeye when he's on that back objective well, now it's time to leave, you know, now it's time to shoot an arrow, hook arrow away and then run, right? He's good at that too. Yes. And that's later in the game after enemies moved up on the board. Well, now it's time for him to reposition somewhere else. Something we didn't say yet, but it's understood when you read the card, but I'm going to spell it out for you here. Hook arrow ignores terrain as in it basically gives you a free wall crawl flight of sorts because it just says place him range three. So Hawkeye could run away and then he could hook her on top of a building. So now he has cover and now he's harder for the enemies to get to because they would have to reduce their speed to short when they climb. He's good at that too. (laughs) He's doing Hawkeye things. He does a lot of Hawkeye things. And I will say fast draw is the least likely thing that's going to happen. So don't always be banking on it. Don't always be having two power. Absolutely. It's, it's a dream scenario. When it happens, it's going to be wonderful. And the better competition you play against, the less you're going to be able to use it. Right. But I think you need to liberally use Trick Shot. 100%. I think it's just worth paying one power to take away a cover. And of course, it's worth one power to take away a cover and physically see someone behind a building you can't normally see. But even just take away a cover, I think it's great. It's going to kind of guarantee you getting more damage in. All right, Chris, let's move on to Black Widow. Another three cost. Black Widow. 
Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Natasha Romanoff. She has five stamina, a medium move, a height of two, and a threat cost of three. Her defenses are four physical, three energy, three mystic. What stands out to you about Natasha here, Chris? More importantly, I should say Natasha version two. This is a lot. That's that's a very powerful three cost stat line already in the beginning. I would agree. Quickly, as you look down her card, there's a lot of writing here. So that usually is a good sign. It works. No, I think she's a force and I think we just get into it. But I think you're right. Like her defenses not being three, three, three already sets her different from the pack. Just like Hawkeye, but his were four, two, two. Hers are four, three, three. She can really get into the fray if she wants to with this physical. Her first attack is called Automatic Pistol. It's range three, strength of four, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Natasha gains one power. Special keyword, Rapid Fire. After this attack is resolved, this character may make one additional Automatic Pistol attack. The additional attack must target the original target character. The additional attack does not have the Rapid Fire special rule. So, Chris... It's only four dice at a time, which is weak, but it's eight total, which is nice, though not eight in one go. But most importantly, she gets two power off of this guaranteed. That's pretty nice when you're going up against someone with high defenses or you suspect they're sitting on a tactical card that might negate the damage somehow. Yeah. And you need to make sure you gain power. And I mean, eight dice, man, that's... It's good. It's once you said it's not all in one go, but that's still eight dice. Well, and the the hotness right now in the game is, of course, the widow bomb, which is a whole nother thing that we'll we'll probably cover in different medium. But it's taking Black Widow using the cards, doomed prophecy, and all you got in the correct order, and basically you doomed prophecy her, so you take away her four physical defense for the rest of the game. You add four dice to both of her pistol shots, so she can pistol shot one time eight, and then eight. She can pistol shot again, eight, and then eight. So now we're getting in the numbers of 32 dice, and then you can use all you got. Instead of her gaining an activation token, she gets to activate again, and at the end of this activation, she will be dazed or KO'd. So then she gets to go eight, 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 eight again. So it's a silly all-in thing people are doing in the game right now that's just fun, and there's actually other variations of it where you get even more pistol shots off but of course then you're committing even more tactics cards it's pretty wild it sounds fun you know you really just really want to try it that widow bomb gotta have it her next attack is a physical attack it is called tear gas it is an area two attack strength four in the power cost of two the target character does not gain power for the damage dealt by this attack very cool after this attack is resolved the target character gains the poison special condition it's neat. It is neat. I'm not sure exactly how useful it is. It's only four dice, so you're not really denying that much power. You're not probably not going to score very many hits. The automatic poison is very nice, but this is something that's great for point control. Use it on a objective and just get those pings out. Well, we know what a a attacks are like. You're only going to use them when you can get at least two targets or more. So yeah, this in a situation where Natasha's around three or four people, this is an unbelievably wonderful attack because she's getting basically four dice on three or four people, auto giving them all poison. They're not gaining power from this either. So when the time is right, the time is right to use this. I think the most important part about this, Chris, is it only costs two power and you could automatic pistol twice as in one action, get the two power, and then you could tear gas as your second action because you're guaranteed to have two power to do this. Her next attack is an energy attack called Widow's Kiss. 
It's range two, a strength of six, and a power cost of three. Add one die to this attack roll for each special condition the target enemy character has. Also has a wild trigger push. Before damage is dealt, this character may push the target character away short. Okay, we're seeing some trends here, Chris. Apparently, if Widow has five power, she can tear gas everyone around her, and then she can single someone out with a Widow's Kiss, which is a six dice attack. Now it's seven at least with the poison if they had another condition from someone else or some sort of other scenario in the game. Now we're looking at eight dice. Hawkeye. Perhaps Hawkeye. Bring up the rear. This can get pretty nasty. And then you add a push into it too. Once again, it's it's pretty niche that this is going to happen, but when it does, man, it's so satisfying. It's so cool. It is. And hopefully it's effective. You never know with dice, but just the fact that you're able to pull this combo off is, you know, super awesome. Let's talk about her superpowers now. Her first superpower is a reactive superpower. It is called Interrogate, and it costs three power. At the start of the cleanup phase, if this character is within range two of one or more dazed enemy characters, it may use this superpower. Its controlling player increases the amount of victory points they score from crisis cards during this cleanup phase by one. This is why you take this character. (laughs) Absolutely, man. It's maybe not on the level of the Black Order every time you KO someone, get a VP, which we did mention the last couple of weeks, is very difficult. It's maybe not on the level of a Killmonger, where you're getting two extra VPs for killing the priority target on the map. But these can add up, Chris. If, if Widow gets one, two, even three of these off in a game, that's like a third crisis objective that didn't exist, you know, in the game that somehow she's playing a game with, you know, so it's a problem. She's around. Obviously the longer the game goes on, the more dazed enemies there is going to be. So if she's around longer, there's higher chance she can interrogate them and get these little one points here and there. I think it's great. I don't know why I don't play this character as, as much as I should, because she's totally something I feel like I just enjoy. I just enjoy. I feel the exact same way. Her next superpower is a reactive superpower called Parting Shot. It costs two power. After an attack targeting, Natasha is resolved. So just targeting, Black Widow, Natasha, may use the superpower. The attacking character suffers one damage, and Natasha may advance away from the attacking character short. So notice it says targeting, Chris. So this is pretty great. Even if she doesn't get out of their range, it's a free out-of-activation ping, which we always love. I love auto-damage. They have no choice in the matter. And hopefully you can back, you know, out of their range, perhaps maybe get an extra defense dice by getting to some cover, you know, any number of things. You always just want to give yourself that chance. And this superpower definitely gives you a chance. Absolutely. Her last superpower is an innate power. It is stealth. Characters must be within range three of this character to target it with attacks. What do you know? It's what the first Black Widow had. I think we all saw it coming. It's always good. It makes her a problem at long ranges. So if she's sitting on an objective and you can't even attack her, it's quite a problem. So Chris, some notable things to talk about. She has 10 health total. The corset Black Widow has 8 health total. She's 3 threat costs. The corset Black Widow is 2 threat costs. As we know, the corset Black Widow's defenses are 3 physical, 2 energy, 4 mystic, She's more of the Russian spy, Natasha Romanoff. The Black Widow we're discussing right now, her defenses, of course, are four physical, three energy, 
three mystic. And, you know, as we know, the corset Natasha is no sort of fighter, really. You're fighting with her when the time is right. You might get lucky, get some things off the right way. The new Black Widow is a lot more of a fighter. And I think also the final change with them is, of course, they both have stealth. Black Widow Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. has Parting Shot, which is an auto-suffer one damage, move away short. Corset Black Widow has Counter-Strike. After an attack targeting, this character is resolved. So after all the steps have resolved, so she has to survive. Corset Black Widow may use the superpower if the attacker is within range 3, roll 4 dice. And of course, you deal 1 damage for each crit and wild represented. So, little riskier. Not guaranteed. They both cost two. And then the last bit, of course, is the new Black Widow, as in the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., has this incredible interrogate ability where she scores one more VP if she played right. The course of Black Widow has Martial Artist, which is when she's within range two of people, she gets blanks added to her defense. So lower health, but a little tankier when she's in the range two range. So they're actually quite different characters, Chris, which is pretty interesting. They have some similarities. They both, of course, have things like the pistol, you know, range three. They also have martial arts sort of attacks at range two, but very different characters. And I think there's viability to both. We have sung the praises of the corset Black Widow, and I will continue to. I think she's just a great two threat objective runner. But this Black Widow, the agent of shield is quite a force. She's got some moves, man. If you don't know her card and you're fighting her on the table, it could bite you in a very bad way. And it's happened to me. (laughs) And I even knew her card. It's just, you just forget sometimes she has so many interesting things she can do on the battlefield. Like we mentioned Widow's Kiss, like someone having more conditions on them. And if she targets them, if she kind of bounty hunts them in a way, she's going to do a huge attack on them for only three power. Well, and it just brings more viability to that all condition team that we all so desperately want. Oh, yes, we do. We definitely want that. And we also want Bleed the Dream, which is the Bleed team. Oh, yeah, man. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram and Facebook at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at Gmail with any sort of show inquiries or ideas. And we also, of course, are continuing our process of working on our components, maps, and terrain episode coming up. So if you create components, maps, or terrain, reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram messenger or email. And thank you to everyone that's leaving us reviews on Apple podcasts that continues to help. Some of you have reached out and asked, I don't have the money to be a patron. What can I do? Well, other than following our pages and liking our stuff, which actually really does help, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. These are all things you can do that are free, that help us out a lot, and we cannot thank you enough. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music, and please help spread the word about our show, just like Jesse said. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And last but certainly not least, we have so many interesting merch items on TeePublic now. So if you search for Furious Find Us on TeePublic, you should find us. But if not, of course, it's in our show notes and on our social media. We have that new Black Order logo. Most importantly, we have our original logo with Hawkeye and Black Widow represented on it and their classic Jack Kirby Stan Lee forms, which is great. What more can be said, Chris? If you want a shirt, a sweater, a hoodie, a coffee mug, stickers, the list goes on. 
It's on our T public and we would love to get that stuff in you guys' hands. So check out our page. You can follow us on social media and find us. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jesse Aiken. That's J S S E E A K I N. Check out my other podcast, Project Starhawk, which is all about Star Wars Squadrons, which Chris and I have been having a blast playing. So much fun. I'm so bad. We're getting better by the day. I hope. That is true. And you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. That's going to be it for today. We hope we brought some appreciation to Hawkeye. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Yes, I should have knocked. Oh, my God. What are you doing here? Disappointing my kids. I'm supposed to go water skiing.